0: He's alive. I think that's the sermon, and I'm done. (laughs) I've done all I needed to do today. Uh, We first want to say a big uh, thank you to um, Joe Lee's nephew, Kyle, right? Kai. And uh, all of his friends and associates from, are they all from Rice? Or from? All from Rice University. And so we welcome them, and, and thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You all can come back anytime. I'll be talking to the council about expanding that budget. <laughs> Amen. Uh, well, thank you all who are visiting here, and some of you were here last week and back this week. We're so glad to uh, have you uh, back with us uh, as we celebrate uh, Easter. Uh, please join with me in prayer. God, thank you so much for this holy and sacred moment. I pray that you would weave my hands to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Let us hear from you, the still speaking God, in our midst, amen. I wrestled with exactly how to uh, deliver this Easter Sunday message, because Easter comes every year and I hope that I'll have somewhat of a long career. So that means I'll probably have to preach on an Easter Sunday for at least another 40 Sundays. And so what would I wanna convey on my first Sunday of preaching uh, the Easter uh, message? And one of the things that uh, really landed on my heart, uh, and maybe it's the same for several of you, is that there's something about this Easter story that I just cannot seem to let go of. I thought to myself, Joshua, you know we are highly educated and we went to the right philosophical and religious schools that also believed in science and and how, what, how do I stand up here and preach a message that I could, if I wanted to, take this in a whole lot of different directions? How could I preach a message and proclaiming the Easter sermon and service of Jesus Christ when so many of us in this room know this same feeling that this, this Christianity thing has hurt us so much? And then I realized it's not Jesus that hurt me, it's not the Bible that hurt me, it's not God that hurt me, it's people. Because it was all of the hurt that sent me to go and find out if all of this stuff was really real. It was the hurt that makes me read all of these different philosophers and religious people, some of them who even have said, well, God is dead. But there's something about this Easter message that I just cannot let go of. There is something about the resurrection of Jesus Christ that I cannot let go of. Despite all the hurt, Despite all of my fancy education, despite all the science to the contrary of what may or may not have happened on this day all these years ago, there is something about this Easter resurrection message that I cannot let go of. Even when I did not want to dot the door of a church, there was something about this Easter message that I just can't let it go. Have you ever heard somebody tell you just let it go? You know how hard it is to just let it go? Despite all of the evil things that Christianity have done throughout all of the years, I still just can't let it go. My great-grandmother used to say, baby, I know y'all are getting up to go to church this morning. I read my Bible yesterday, but I'm not going down there because all of them are church asses. (laughs) By the way, I said ass in church two Sundays in a row. (laughs) Just makes my inner child giggle. Um, But she said to me, son, I know you are supposed to be a preacher. That's what you're supposed to be. And even though I'm not the church going one, just don't let it go. And so as I wrestled in class with all these things they were trying to tell me, as I couldn't figure out and put all these pieces together, you know, them saying stuff like, well, hell doesn't exist. I mean, poof, you know, my mind's exploding in the middle of seminary class, all of these things. But there was this one thing that I just cannot let go, and that is Easter Sunday and this message of resurrection. And so as I struggled with it again all this week, and as I looked harder and I looked at the message and I said to myself, I'm going to have to preach about the resurrection of Jesus at least 40 more times. What do I want to preach about this time? And I looked and I looked and I didn't let go. And I looked and lo and behold, I landed on this woman named Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, unlike some of the disciples, actually appears in all four of the Gospels. Mary Magdalene is a little interesting because Mary Magdalene may not have been a Jew. And we all know that Jesus was a Jew and everyone hanging around Jesus was a Jew. How did this Mary Magdalene end up in the midst? This Mary Magdalene was at the burial, she was at the death, and she was at the resurrection of Jesus. She provided for Jesus in the midst of his ministry. She is at the crucifixion when uh, all the men may have decided to go home or were crying somewhere in the corner. She was still yet there at the resurrection, at the crucifixion. She was also there at the burial. She stuck it out all the way to the tomb. And then married like most women, very persistent, very much going to stay right on in there until the very end. Amen, women. She also decided she got home late, went to bed late, but she couldn't sleep. So she was up out of the bed early, first one back at the burial site. She is also the first one that gets there to hear about Jesus not being in the tomb. She calls all the other people to come along as well, too, and as, as Joshua read, they came a running, but she knows he is not there. And then, after they discover he's not there, they didn't say, "Oh." Let us hang around. Let us stick it out. Let us, let us be here too. Let us figure out what's going on. No, no, no. They ran off as well too. You see, there's a little complication here because the, the, they put him in a tomb that's guarded by Roman soldiers. And so for the body to be missing, what happens if the Roman soldier shows up and finds you standing there and Jesus's body is missing? Yet the men ran on home. Again. And Mary Magdalene decided, I'm going to stick it out and I'm going to stay here. Mary Magdalene stood there. It said she stood there and she wept. And I got to thinking about Mary Magdalene. Who is this Mary Magdalene? What does her name mean? How does she connect us? How does she connect to God's activity throughout all time? And then, Jam, I went and looked up her name, and I looked in the Hebrew, and it translated back to Miriam. So it's a possibility that she is named Mary for a reason, but Magdalene for another reason. Not everybody in the Bible gets an adjective describing where they are from. So it's Mary with a Hebrew name from a Gentile city. So this Mary, named after Miriam, You know, the same Miriam that was with Moses that led the Israelites through the water and out of Egypt. This same Miriam. The same Miriam, whose name in the Hebrew could possibly mean bitter, because she had a bitter beginning and a bitter start. The same Miriam, whose name also in the Hebrew means water, because she put Moses in the basket that carried him up to the Pharaoh's house so that he may be delivered. She also stood with Moses there at the, the Red Sea when Moses turned back to the the people and said, stop your whining and stop complaining and just stand. That's why Mary just stood there at the tomb. She's named after somebody else who was there when Moses said, just stand. This same Miriam, the the name that also says rebellion in the Hebrew, you got to know that Miriam was a little rebellious to want to run out of, 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 of Egypt. And you also got to know that this Mary Magdalene is a little rebellious to say, I'm going to stick it out while all these Jewish men don't want to be by his side. I'm going to be by his side. This same Mary that is named after Miriam who lifted up the song after they crossed the Red Sea and said, God indeed does deliver us. This is the same Miriam and Mary that Mary is named after. What is her name meaning also is elevation. What is Mary's elevation message? Well, she's the first one to go and say, Adam, He's alive. Contrary to what the Apostle Paul said in the scripture that was read earlier by Cindy, he said, Well, they appeared to the disciples and appeared to these people and appeared. Nowhere in that scripture did it say that he appeared to Mary. But Mary is actually the first apostle. Mary, a woman, is the first apostle. He told her, Go and tell them, apostolo, apostle, to send. He said, go and tell them I am alive. This is the the thing that I just could not let go of, this Mary Magdalene. I just, it was one of those things, and I just, I could not let Mary Magdalene go because I feel like Mary Magdalene has us, We are in Mary Magdalene, and she is also in us. That there is just something about this Jesus resurrection story that we cannot let go of. There is something about our faith, despite what we have been told and despite what we have gone through, that we can just not let go of. Maybe your name is not Mary, Maybe your name is not Miriam, but I bet you more than half of y'all in here have heard the phrase, oh, Mary, shut up. I bet most of you have heard, Mary, be quiet. Because we throw around Mary like that's a, a little slang pejorative term. But Mary, you can call me Mary all day long if you want to. If it means that I stood by the tomb and waited for my Lord to show up. If it means that I went through all the bitterness in life so that I could survive, call me Mary all day long. If it means that I have a little rebellious streak, which I do, call me Mary all day long. If it means that I carry the message that elevates other people, call me Mary all day long. Jesus, just as Mary, has a bitter beginning. Remember, he also was supposed to have been killed. One of the scriptures said, kill all of the firstborn. And Jesus escaped that bitter beginning. And Jesus crossed through the water too, just like those Israelites did when he was baptized by John the Baptist out in the wilderness. Jesus was rebellious too. He took his rabble-rousers and rode them into Jerusalem on a donkey, agitating the Roman Republic. He was rebellious as well too. Jesus carried the message of the kingdom of God is here and now, which is very rebellious, but also elevates the very spirit and the essence of who the people are. Jesus is like Mary. Are there any other Mary folks in the house? Are there any other Jesus folks in the house? There's just something about this story I can't let go of. And so I know a lot of you are waiting on the the good part because it is Easter Sunday, and I'm supposed to go to the cross, and I'm supposed to talk about he is alive. So are you ready? Here we go, so we can wrap this up. What I heard was there was a Nazarene by the name of Jesus, who agitated the hell out of the Roman Empire. He walked around telling all these poor people and middle-class people that the taxes are oppressive, telling them that they can heal the sick and support each other. He brought communities of unlike people together. He was accused of hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and the drunkards, you know, people like us in the room hanging out with Jesus. This same Jesus also gathered with John the Baptist folk out there in the wilderness, a protest against how the Jewish religion was functioning at that time. This same Jesus who rode on that unpredictable donkey we talked about last week into Jerusalem Finds himself nailed to a cross on one late Friday evening. Finds himself wondering, can I let this go? But oh, Jesus had too much of Mary, Miriam in him, and too much God in him. Jesus, like me and like you, said, I just can't let this go. I have too many lives riding on me. I have too many people depending on me. I have the kingdom depending on me. I have my father depending on me. I just can't let this go. But when it was done, as she said on Friday night, when it was done, she said, it is finished. Not just for now, but for forever. And then I heard somebody said, you know, I heard this story, it ain't in the Bible nowhere, but that he died late on a Friday, and on Saturday he descended into hell. That part ain't in the Bible, but it sounds really good. He descended into hell, and he got the keys of hell and death and life. And then he rose again early Sunday morning to save a wretch like me. It's the story that says, as Adam said, he's alive and I am forgiven. I'm not just excited because he's alive and I'm forgiven. I'm excited because when he rose up, he gave the biggest middle finger to the Roman Empire and all forces there is. When he rose up, it said to me that I too can rise. When he got up out of that grave, it said to me that I don't have to let life keep me down. Whether you believe it happened or not, that ain't the point. The point is, it's a story that tells you that you too can overcome. It is a story that tells you that you too will not be held in the grave by death. It is a story that says, You, too, can get away from all the oppression that is happening. It is a story that says you, too, can still claim Jesus despite what your crazy in-laws and folks say. It is a story that says you, too, Jesus for you, God for you now and forever and for all times. And that I cannot let go of. Amen.